Hello, and welcome to Ropes and Gray's virtual trip around the world podcast. I'm Allison Fesky, counsel in our healthcare group from our Chicago office. And together with my colleagues across the globe, I'm really excited to share with you the launch of our new local law comparison guide, which has been developed as part of our global healthcare compliance initiative. This initiative is based on our practice group collaboration across Ropes and Gray, and importantly, based on our strong connections with local counsel. This new local law comparison guide summarizes requirements and standards for typical activities across 19 key international jurisdictions. We've partnered with trusted local counsel on six continents to develop the guide. I am so excited to have with me here today two lawyers from our partner law firm of Matos Filios in Brazil. Please let me introduce Myra Matajera and Ana Candida. Welcome, Anna and Myra. Thank you, Alison, and thank you, everyone, for hearing uh, our podcast. It's a pleasure for us to participate, and thank you so much, Hope is in Grave. We are really proud to be here with uh, such an amazing colleagues. Well, today we'd like to spend a little time um, talking with you and getting your opinions and views on important regulatory and compliance considerations for healthcare and life sciences companies in Brazil. So, Maybe we'll just get things started, um, and let's start with a question about the regulatory framework in Brazil. So for companies operating in Brazil, you know, what are the laws or the, the trade guidance that, that companies really need to be aware of? In Brazil, we have both public and private entities regulating the life science and healthcare industry. And from the public side, we have a complex and strong government regulatory system here in Brazil with uh, multiple government agencies inspecting and controlling such industries. And from the private side, we have the industry sales regulation, mainly led by big associations in which the industry companies are members. That being said, most um, important government regulators of life science and healthcare industries are the National Health Surveillance Agency in the federal level and the state and municipal sanitary departments in the state and local level. The Ministry of Health also regulates the industry, but in a few aspects, uh, requiring only a, a registration of the companies by means of uh, data records. The National Health Surveillance Agency is the regulatory agency linked to such Ministry of Health with competence established by federal law to legislate and promote health-related actions. Such uh, National Health Surveillance Agency is known as Anvisa. We may say that here in Brazil, Anvisa is the most important uh, government regulator of pharmaceutical and medical device industries, such as manufacturers, distributors, importers, drugstores, and, and so on. Companies and products are required to be registered with such agencies in order to develop health activities and market health-related products in Brazil. And in this point, it is important to bear in mind that only Brazilian companies Duly established in Brazil may develop health activities within the country, and only Brazilian manufacturers or importers certified certified before visa can register a health-related product here in Brazil. 
And this is so because um, Visa understands that for purpose of uh, product liability, the license holder must be properly established under Brazilian law. Now, uh, beyond Visa, state and local sanitary departments are responsible for promoting health within their jurisdiction, and the requirements may vary according to the location, but the state and local sanitary departments usually require a local health permit to be issued on behalf of the company intended to, to perform healthy activities. In addition to the federal, state, and municipal sanitary authorities, uh, professional councils also regulate and have power to enforce the compliance with their rules, which are more related to the professional activities and its ethical standards. Uh, and regarding the activities within the life science and healthcare companies, the relevant professional councils are the Professional Council of Medicine or the Pharmaceutical Professional Council of the state where the company is established in Brazil. And in case of possible violations of the federal, state, or local uh, legislation, those public entities may impose several measures by means of compliance enforcement of their uh, respective legislation. Uh, they depend on the uh, specific authority, but uh, we usually see sanctions such as warnings, fines, uh, facilities interdictions in some cases, and, and even suspension or cancellation of uh, applicable licenses. Uh, of course, these sanctions may be challenged in court, but, uh, but judges tend to, to favor the technical reasoning of uh, health uh, authorities. Speaking of the uh, about the, the private sector, uh, there are several self-governing bodies for companies that develop pharmaceutical products and medical devices here in Brazil. And the most relevant ones are the Brazilian Pharmaceutical Industry Association and the Health Ethics Institute. Such uh, associations are private entities and therefore are not uh, entitled by the, the Brazilian law to regulate health activities within Brazil. So they have no legal competence to enforce the compliance with the Brazilian health-related law. Self-regulation is enforced mainly by these associations through requirements for companies to, became, to become um, a member of their association, which includes, for example, the mandatory compliance with the association's guidelines or codes of ethics or conduct. And in the case of no compliance, companies usually are subject to penalties by such associations according to the importance of the violation, such as warnings, and membership uh, suspension or department. So just to finish here, uh, as we can see in Brazil, we, we can see uh, the government regulators and the industry trade group have an important role in terms of compliance enforcement. But by means of Brazilian law, only public authorities are entitled to punish companies based on the Brazilian applicable regulation. 
and private entities, mainly associations, are limited to enforce the compliance of their own guidelines and ethics codes, and the maximum penalties that may be applied to their industry members are the membership uh, department. That is really helpful, Myra. It, in, in terms of the self-regulation among um, you know, the industry players, do most uh, pharmaceutical and medical device companies, for example, do they join an industry trade society such as the ones you described, Myra? Yes. Yes, most of them join such associations. Actually, uh, as all of our clients uh, uh, are, are members of, of uh, several associations according to the activities they, they, they perform. For example, pharmaceutical companies, are usually a member of the Brazilian Pharmaceutical Industry Association, which is very famous here in Brazil, uh, while medicine devices companies are, are a member of Brazilian Medical Device Industry Association. Now that we understand the, the, you know, the regulatory framework, what do you see as really the, the key risks or the hot topics for our healthcare and life sciences clients operating in Brazil? Well, uh, needless to say that there are many hot topics in this area, I, and I know that we will talk a little bit later about COVID-19 and the effects of the pandemic in the market, uh, but for sure this is the main hot topic, uh, and, uh, and then we can, we can talk it, about it a little bit uh, later. But... Um, the first hot topic that I would mention is related to the change in the market with the digitalization of the interactions among uh, healthcare companies, doctors, and patients in general, which we call uh, digital health. Uh, mm -hmm. We have been seeing that trend before the COVID-19, but the pandemic certainly speed up the whole process. So digital help is really playing a key role in the fight against the coronavirus in Brazil. And as we have seen in other jurisdictions as well, the importance of the social distance exposed everybody to the urgent need for improvement in the remote healthcare systems. And in this regard, in the beginning of the pandemic, so March last year, the Minister of Health published a specific ordinance regulating telemedicine. Uh, this also, also provide that doctors could issue uh, electronic prescriptions. The telemedicine was also regulated by the Brazilian Con Congress by means of a specific law uh, which allowed the, the provision of healthcare service through telemedicine in a very general uh, manner. And, uh, and it's important to mention that before that, telemedicine was used in Brazil only in a very restriction uh, situation, such as in case of urgencies and emergencies. Currently, uh, with this new new regulation on telemedicine, it's uh, allowed in a broader manner. However, uh, with a very specific uh, deadline, because the new regulation uh, would be applicable only during the, the pandemic crisis. We don't know yet uh, for how long uh, we will be suffering with this outbreak, 
However, the regulation is is specific for for this time. I think another hot topic that it's worth to mention is the new governance and compliance regulation for HMOs, the health maintenance organization. So I think it's early 2019, the Brazilian National Regulatory Agency for Private Health Insurance and Health Plans which also regulates the HMOs, introduced a corporate governance manual for solvency purpose and new financial requirements for HMOs uh, uh, operating here in Brazil. Uh, Mm. These new regulations make the solvency requirements more effective and encourage the HMOs to better manage their financial risks. And uh, although the regulation will come into effect only in January uh, 2023, uh, HMOs may choose to start this new model early and release some assets that is that are currently blocked as as uh, as financial assets uh, 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 to to support the solvent uh, requirements for HMOs. We've also seen a move in the U.S., of course, toward more telehealth. Um, it sounds like that's obviously been been a, a big movement in um, in Brazil as well. In the U.S., we do expect, you know, some of that expansion to extend, you know, even after the pandemic. So it will be interesting to see if it's the same. So, Myra and Anna, can you share with us some, you know, recent enforcement trends, any notable settlements or areas of um, enforcement interest occurring in Brazil? Uh, sure. Uh, recently, uh, our eyes are only focused on the COVID-19. So everything really recent is related to the COVID-19. And in this sense, as I pointed out in the prior question, uh, we indeed have a complex regulatory system here in Brazil. And this reflects on the regulatory framework that has been established to fight against the coronavirus. Uh, Vaccines, medicines, and test kits related to the COVID-19 are required to be registered with Anvisa. And due to the critical pandemic situation here in Brazil, considering that the issuance of product registration is a long process, Anvisa has adopted uh, extraordinary measures to enable faster uh, access to vaccines for the coronavirus through faster tracker procedures. So in addition to the standard rules for market authorization for health products, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine can be approved for use here in Brazil through two emergency procedures that basically consists in temporary permits for importing and using the vaccines in the country, provided that uh, such vaccine is registered with one of the uh, international agencies listed by Anvisa. But uh, all allowed uh, COVID-19 vaccines uh, by Anvisa are, are currently required by the Ministry of Health to be used in the public vaccination program. Uh, and this means that uh, as of now, 
all uh, coronavirus vaccines must be destined to the Brazilian public health care system to be used in the Brazilian immunization program. Uh, private entities were recently allowed to purchase the COVID-19 vaccines in Brazil, but the doses must be fully donated by such private legal entities to the Brazilian public health care system until the priority group of vaccination is completed. And even after the end of the immunization of the of such priority uh, group, the the private entities must donate half of the acquired doses to the Brazilian public health care system. And as for the remaining doses, the company may use them as its on discretion provided that it's free of charge. For example, companies may vaccinate their employees, but they may not charge the employee for that or resale the doses to to other companies. Um, in this sense, there are also several bills of law underway discussing such donations to the Brazilian public health care system by the by private entities. And the most advanced bill of law is to revoke the obligation to donate all the, the vaccine doses to the Brazilian public health care system. But in case such a bill of law is approved, the, the vaccination process against COVID-19 will count on the private entities sooner than, than, than that is expected. Maida, just adding one point to what you have just said, in addition to to the ongoing vaccination efforts, there is also a huge concern with respect to investigations involve alleged uh, fraud and overprice of medical supplies. By the end of last year, the federal police had conducted several investigations related to overprice of public agreements and fraud allegations. And we have seen some movement in terms of providing assistance for companies that wish to participate in public bids, but feel somehow insecure about the possible risks of being investigated and sanctioned by the authorities. And um, in, this, in, in this sense, and Visa has just released a new resolution set, setting up a, a system for monitoring uh, price of medical device. Uh, and this monitoring measure will be implemented on a gradual basis, uh, but companies will be required to provide information about the price of medical devices in general. And uh, this will establish a price benchmark that could serve it for public procurement basis as well. Uh, and more than that, in um, very recently, some days ago, the Federal Court of Accounts launched a specific guideline on the appropriate disclosure of data related to public agreements carried out without the regular public time public bidding procedure. And this also may help to mitigate some of, of the risk for the health healthcare companies and the pharmaceutical companies in general 
that are trying to do business with uh, public authorities. Uh, we know that there is no specific judicial uh, uh, decision or a final decision from all of these investigations related to the pandemic and, and, and the release of requirements for public bidding for the supply of vaccines and medical products in general. But um, as we continue to fight against the pandemic, purchase of healthcare supplies by the public government uh, will continue and it, it will certainly remain on the radar of, of, of the authorities in general. That's really helpful. I think, you know, one of the things that is always of interest to our clients is, you know, special considerations when dealing with government officials or, or public procurement contracts. Are there any, you know, best practices that you, you can glean from the recent enforcement or the guidance um, related to these contracts for our, for our healthcare and life sciences clients? Yeah, in fact, there is. Uh, one of them is to follow uh, the price benchmark for the product, so uh, uh, trying to keep up the information about the price that was was uh, being marketed for this product at the time of the public bidding. Uh, although there is no uh, specific public bidding procedure because some of, of the requirements have been uh, released by the authorities to have a formal agreement and to save all the data, all the emails and all the information and, and the exchange of information with the public authorities because we know for a fact that some years from now the authorities will will request a lot of information on what is currently happening. That makes sense. So thinking ahead, Anna and Myra, what's on your radar for the next, you know, 12 months, um, assuming maybe we are, you know, moving out of the pandemic? You know, what are the key compliance or regulatory considerations or risks that you see on the horizon? Um, in fact, uh, we do see a lot of things related to digital health as we as we mentioned to you, so uh, public, the regulatory agencies regulated on a permanent basis the use of telemedicine, uh, artificial intelligence on 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 healthcare products and services as well, um, also uh, medical prescriptions and so on and so forth. We also see uh, a trend and. The Unvisa or our FDA, like a regulatory agency, is uh, publish a public consultation uh, uh, in regard to the regulation of software as a medical device. We'll be able to have a, a specific regulation for for that because currently, without this regulation, we are treating software as a normal medical device. So. You can imagine that almost all the requirements that the regulation established for the registration, the market authorization of a medical device is not even close applicable to a software. So yeah. we, yes. we, we really need to have a specific regulation on that. And, um, and Visa, that, 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 uh, Visa just released this public consultation, so we are 
we are hoping to to have this new regulation public as soon as possible. I also pointed out the issue regarding the acquisition of vaccines by private entities. I know that this is something that is really specific from Brazil. Almost any other country all over the world has authorized uh, uh, companies to purchase the vaccine to apply to its employees and 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 families in general, uh, but this happened in Brazil and it's been very uh, uh, debatable issued in our Brazilian Congress and also in the judiciary branch. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I'm so delighted that you were able to join me. We are so excited about our local law comparison guide that we developed collaboration with you and your firm. And thank you for your partnership. We know this will be a valuable resource for both our clients. You can also subscribe and listen to this series wherever you regularly listen to podcasts, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thanks, everyone, for listening and hope you have a great day. 